politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard and fight anew for our life, liberty, property here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here for Tuesday, April 6th. And we really are the only source of independent conservative news and views. I'm not tied down to a party. I stopped that a long time ago. Actually, Mitt Romney is in the news. And I stopped voting Republican in 2014. I did a write-in because I understood the concept that you will actually in the long run get worse outcomes. And I want to give you some vivid examples today of that how we're not going to spend the rest of our lives playing this red team versus blue team game when they're both on the same team. And if we don't make a different play, if we don't reinvent the wheel politically, you're going to continue getting more of this where on all the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter, both parties are on the same side. The elites weren't stupid. They diversified their portfolio. They stuck half their jerks in one party, half them in the other. The only thing is that the country itself is divided. So there is a market among the voters for something a little different. And that's why among Republicans, you'll once in a while have a handful of decent people. But it's a very small minority. They're never in leadership. So we're going to touch on that. Mitt Romney, um, And then, as always, the latest news on the virus, the vaccine, injuries, they're not even a vaccine, obviously, and much, much more today. Uh, First sponsor today, you guys know I feel very strongly about Moinkbox, okay? It's not just the fact that China controls 60% of U.S. pork production, because it's owned by a Chinese company, and that we're straining our supply chains and we don't even have our own autonomy just like we see on energy and the food prices are skyrocketing but also the fact that you're getting garbage quality we've all learned from our doctors that animal-based products are great meat chicken fish that's what you should be eating but you know the gods of processed food have gotten us there too full of antibiotics full of additives I used to have a brother-in-law that was just so into this stuff. I made fun out of him. But you know what? I've reinvented the wheel here because I've learned about inflammation and what that causes. Moinkbox delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door with your monthly orders. You could pick anything in the box, um, ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, whatever you want is really the best tasting salmon I've ever tasted. Um, most people are saying, oink, oink, I'm just so happy to have gotten moinked. I know you will love your moink box, so keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash conservative right now. And here's the deal. Listeners of this show get free filet mignon for a full year, the best tasting filet mignon uh, around. So it's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash conservative. That's moinkbox.com slash conservative. So everyone's crying over Mitt Romney announced he's voting for Judge Jackson, even though he actually voted against her uh, for a circuit judge. And somehow now she's qualified to be a Supreme Court judge. 
But it didn't have to be this way. You know, I supported a primary challenger back in 2018 when it was an open seat. Trump, of course, went in like an idiot and endorsed Romney. I don't know why, uh, but that's what he does. And what people don't understand is there's a lot of lessons to learn from this. Number one, it's not just that we have Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Mitt Romney. It's that the entire Republican Party, the leadership, the committee chairs, they're also fundamentally like that, and that's how you're able to have a Mitt Romney. You can only have someone who is that extreme and that out of touch with the party's voters, especially from red states like Alaska and Utah, if the meat and potatoes of the party are the same way. They're the crowd that I call hope yes, vote no. So Mitch McConnell, these guys, they're all going to vote no because they know they have a few guys giving them the votes to vote yes. So hope yes, vote no. It's an old game among the GOP establishment to hoodwink their base. So don't get too caught up just on Mitt Romney. It's also important to remember It's not just Mitt Romney is some sort of a fringe in the Republican Party. He was the standard bearer in 2012. Sorry, I mentioned 2014 before. 2012, I meant. He was the leader. Okay, how did that happen? How much longer are we going to play this game? So that's number one. And by the way, Mitt Romney is not on the Judiciary Committee. So I mentioned yesterday, and I I misspoke a little bit. I kind of gave the impression that Republicans can block it with a dead-even vote, and you'll notice that there was a vote, and every Republican on the committee did vote against uh, her nomination, but they voted out to the floor. But there's a Rule 25 that you need a quorum, okay? So normally, when you're in the majority, by definition, if you have the votes, you have a quorum because it takes a majority, simple majority. But the deal is that when it's 50-50 and you just get a tiebreaker from the VP, you don't have a majority on the committees. So if you just if, if the Republicans wouldn't show up, they wouldn't have a quorum. Okay? They did show up. They gave them the quorum. Now, <clears throat> every Republican voted no, but that is an exercise in hope yes, vote no. Because if you really wanted to stop her, Chuck Grassley, who's the ranking member of the committee, would have instructed them not to show up. And that is what what some Republicans have done on the Small Business Committee, a couple others, over the past year to block nominees. They, They denied them a quorum. Now, Democrats could have gotten nuclear blown up, Rule 25, ultimately, if they wanted it, but that would have dragged this out longer, drawn more attention. But again, this is the game they play. They fake fight all the while giving you the impression that there's some sort of great battle. Oh, we just need a majority. This is my goal from now until the end of the year. How do we do we reinvent the wheel as everyone is longing for Republicans to win and they'll win big because the people have nowhere else to go? But nothing will change because Republicans create consensus. You have to understand, because the perception is that there is so much acrimony, that chocolate and vanilla, um, you know, Red Sox and Yankees, you know, opposites, 
Republicans are opposite to Democrats, and they're always fighting, but if you watch carefully, it's over these wonky, in-the-weeds, random things or random components of a broader issue that they agree with. It creates consensus. It's the worst sort of thing. I would rather start smaller, a smaller party and movement, and we'll rapidly grow because most people now agree with us on those issues, but we have an unvarnished party with a platform that gets into the consciousness of the voters and the public that presents our point of view that is not getting out rather than the Republican Party. And people think, oh, that's what it means to be conservative. That's what it means to be an you know, alternative. That's what we need. And I want to talk about another aspect of this. Mitt Romney also negotiated an agreement to give up our leverage on the next thing which is pass another $10 billion supplement on COVID spending. So folks, you know, I say this all the time. If you have a righteous movement that is using facts and logic and standing for the right godly values, you might be in the minority initially, but if you really are correct and the other side is totally wrong, you keep fighting, you keep, it, you keep pointing out the truth, and the truth would come out, if not then, it would come out a month or two later, and certainly six to 12 months later. COVID's a f- perfect example. People are scared, but if you're like, no, that's not the way to handle it. This is the way to handle it. And by the way, where did COVID come from? You guys are the arsonists. It would have come out because it was so obvious. I mean, you look right now, I pointed out on Twitter today, New Zealand and, and Australia, are, are have, they have skyrocketing deaths with 95% of everyone over 12 with shots, all the seniors, three shots, and they have like 10 times more deaths than they had before, before anyone had the shots. It makes no sense. It blows up their entire narrative. But if you don't have a party making that narrative, and if anything, they're agreeing to it, remember those days with all those trillion-dollar bills? Congress has allocated $5.8 trillion in total COVID spending, whether it's the welfare and the handouts and the so-called refundable tax credits and the PPP and, and you know funding and undergirding the lockdown, funding Pfizer, funding the poison, funding the war on treatment. All of that nonsense that created a generation of disabled children Mental health, physical health. Republicans supported that. Their only concern was, if you remember, oh, there's too much pork and funding for the Kennedy Center. And I said at the time, that's not the issue. Conservative talk radio was all over that. I said, look, I'll, if, if you guys want 10 Kennedy Centers and that will get you off of the lockdowns and the clot shots, hey, I'll give you that money. I'll give you a billion in Kennedy spending than trillions in undergirding COVID fascism, biomedical state tyranny. So here it is, you would think by two years later, they would finally wake up and fight this when the facts are clear. So no, Mitt Romney negotiated a deal, and in this case, he's not on the fringe, where he's one of the few Republicans supporting it. He would negotiate on behalf of leadership, and they're all going to support it. Because 
Biden wanted 15 trillion because he wanted another five billion. He wanted another five billion for global spending, global COVID. So the, the Republicans oppose the global. So it's only we're going to continue the biomedical fascism domestically. So I want to get into some of the details of that and, and what it means now. Now, folks, with all this insane spending, I don't need to tell you 5.8 trillion um, congressional funding and then something like 7, 8 trillion if you count the manipulation, the quantitative easing, the um, asset bubbles, the purchases that the Federal Reserve made. Obviously, our money is worth nothing. Then you have the supply shocks because of the stupid crippling sanctions on, on Russian trade having a massive ripple effect across the globe. It's not just gas at the pump. Food prices are soaring right now. So um, inflation is is not going away as the dollar becomes worth less every day. Transition your nest egg to something of worth Gold and silver with Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help convert your IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered account in gold and silver. You only have another couple days left till you file your taxes. I know a lot of you wait till the last minute. So if you do owe extra money like I usually do and you want to open up an IRA or you know dump another whatever it is now, you know, six 7000 per person into it, get started now. Text Daniel to 989898. Um you know, there's a lot of gold companies out there, but Birch Gold has been around a while. A plus rating from the Bit Better Business Bureau. Text D- Daniel to nine eight nine eight nine eight to get a no obligation free info kit on how to protect your savings and hedge against inflation. So this bill that they're going to pass, I don't know the timeline, but it will likely be soon. Think about this: Republicans gave up all their leverage. They gave up the omnibus bill. We literally have the, we have the mandates, okay? We have the mandates. The military being destroyed. Mandating something that we now have Pfizer documents admit they knew the problems. We have the negative efficacy before our eyes. It's not even hard to fight this. Republicans, even if they want to spend the money and give it to Pfizer, so $5 billion of it is going to, to more vaccines and therapeutics. Again, it means clot shots. Remdesivir, Paxlovid, and Monopiravir. No, at least condition the funding to no mandates. Condition the funding to opening up a commission, having a you know equally staffed Republicans and Democrats uh, committee on the origins of COVID, what went wrong. Condition it to allowing doctors to prescribe. Condition it to a portion of the money being spent on looking into off-label, off-patent drugs that are already safe and exist. A better monitoring system for people to submit claims of vaccine injury and then reparations. At least if you're going to give more money to Pfizer, because evidently $55 billion in profit is not enough, at least give money to the people to even up the score. I mean, again, we have the Israeli Health Ministry. 4.5% of the people that got booster shots. So it's not, it's one dose reported neurological injuries. A half a percent reported being hospitalized. If you extrapolate that to 550 million doses in the US, you're getting in the millions. Millions of people need help. Republicans 
have no problem. The entire narrative that we have built here for two years built on self-evident truths. The White House badly wanted this supplemental spending bill. They could have held it up at least for these conditions. Nothing. Because Republicans, and not just the Mitt Romneys, but the McConnells, the Thunes, the Cornyns, all of them, except for Ron John and Rand Paul and a few others, not really a few others, that might be it, fully agree to the premise of the other side on COVID to this very day. Okay? So giving more R&D funding for mRNAs. That's what they're doing. You did a great job, folks. Here's some more money. And, and again, they, they spent so much time debating and arguing over where they're going to get the money from as if it's like a spending issue. So they're like, no, it's not really spending more because it's reprogrammed. What do you mean it's reprogrammed? If, if the money wasn't spent, then it was wasted money. So now that you're spending it, that is an expenditure. They're making it like it's offset because it was really spent anyway. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. If it wasn't needed, then it's not needed. But putting that aside, they've already spent over $5 trillion. So $10 billion is not a big deal in terms of the spending figure. It's the policy that it is underwriting and continuing. When you could use that same m- money to deter it and change directions. And then here's a, here's the kicker of that. If all else fails, Republicans at a minimum, if they're too scared to do any of that, at least get the airplane mandate, which the public hates at this point, the mask mandate on the planes, when actually technically a majority of Democrats, did not Democrats, a majority of the Senate, including some Democrats joined to give that majority, did vote to repeal the mandate. Now, the House, the, the Pelosi won't bring it to the floor. But the Senate technically did vote it. They have a lot of leverage. Democrat, they, they got, I forget, five, seven Democrat votes. And the public hates it. This could have been your demand. Okay, Biden, you want $10 billion in spending. He wanted $15 billion, whatever. Okay, mask mandate has to go on the planes. Make a huge fight out of it. There's no way they wouldn't have had to give in on that. But again, they don't care about you and me. They don't care. So many, many of them have private planes. That's the issue, folks. I, I want you to understand that it doesn't have to be this way. Had we had a party making the case that we make day in and day out, one of two things would have happened. Either it would have been so strong that it would have deterred the left from going out this far because even their, most of the, their own voters aren't really like that. And they would be looking at the other side. Well, they're saying this. Everyone knows there's another side to this story. Or at a minimum, if we had a party that was real, the red states would have gone dramatically, not just in the fake illusory differences between the red states and blue states, but dramatically in a different direction. And at least we'd have a place to live. Let me give you a perfect example. This is starting to happen in Florida because we have one good governor in the country. So now that he signed the anti-grooming bill, so 
Mayor Adams in New York City gave this speech and he, gave, he had a press conference and he was inviting teachers to come up to New York City. If you're disenchanted and you don't want to, I mean, you can't teach grooming and you need a place to go, New York City is the place for you where we groom, sexually groom and mask toddlers. And I was thinking, that's awesome. Let them leave. But you know what? They're a bunch of cowards. They won't because they don't want to move because they like it in Florida. But that's the truth. They won't. But if we really over the years would have culturally lived up to the reputation of a red state, you would have had the self-sorting. But we don't because it's murky. Most red states are low-tax versions of the of the other side with a little bit more restriction on abortion and right to carry. That's what they are. So if you're a flaming leftist, you might feign outrage, but at the end of the day, culturally, you don't hate it enough to move. I just want you guys to understand it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way, but Republicans have created this over and over again. They've created more Democrat voters. And I want to actually talk about how they've done that um, to create more Democrat voters. But first, our our final uh, sponsor today, if your blood is not clotting, it's likely boiling because there's so much madness going on. Um, A lot of times you just need to sit back, listen to music, stop... uh, looking at screens, which is probably going to damage our us neurologically forever. Um, one of the things that that I would advise is, you know, lay off the screen, listen to this show with your Raycon wireless earbuds. Okay, they bring you the best quality audio, really brand name with non-brand name prices. They feel good. They fit perfectly in my ear. Um, they sound better than ever. There's also an awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you don't get beaten up on the street by the criminals let out. Um, they've optimized gel tips for perfect in-ear fit. Um, these earbuds are very, very comfortable. They don't budge, trust me. They also provide eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. And again, you get the quality audio at half the price of other premium brands. Right now, listeners to CR Podcast can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's 15% off at B-U-Y-R-A-Y-Con.com slash conservative, buyraycon.com slash conservative. So I was just thinking, it reminded me, I saw yesterday about creating more Democrat voters. So Republicans have spent 25 years, no, scrap that, really 40 years, promoting illegal immigration, just like the left, and also promoting mass, mass legal immigration that doesn't really benefit us, um, you know, and it's just fundamentally transformed America. I'm not saying we don't have problems in our own educational system as we do with native-born Americans. We certainly do. But when you tether that with foreign influence, it's okay to have some immigration, but not illegal immigration and massive, massive legal immigration – What that does is it just creates one big cultural transformation where you don't have a continuity, a generational continuity of of Republican, I don't mean the party, but lowercase Republican values. 
given over from one generation to another. George Fishman at Center for Immigration Studies, he has a piece out um, where there's a 2021 general social survey. It's a project of um, uh, a research project at the University of Chicago. It's funded by the National Science Foundation where they contrasted the views of native-born Americans to the views of, um, you know, just uh, all sorts of immigrants. I I don't know if they delineated whether they're legal or illegal, but foreign-born in general, okay? So they have a very interesting survey out on that. And you can check it out, George Fishman at CIS. I'm not going to go through the whole thing now because I don't want to spend all the time just uh, reading through all the different data points, but I'm just going to share some of this with you. Um, the foreign-born population was much more likely than natives to believe government should do more. 77% of immigrants and 57% of natives think that um, government uh, needs to do more for you. So you see we have a baseline problem with natives too, but it's even more pronounced. Even more pronounced. Among those who think it does too much, we have still have 24% of natives, just 8% of, of immigrants. That's, that's a 3 to 1 ratio. Now, just to be clear, it does depend on how you ask the question because sometimes you do get more positive results in our direction. But the point is the differential between the natives and the immigrants, that shouldn't change based on the way you ask the question. And that's very concerning. It's the same thing with welfare programs, you know, and different socialism ideas. It's actually another interesting thing. Um, you know, do you trust Congress or not? So um, 56.5% of natives have little or no trust for Congress. Um, only 28%, so about half of immigrants Half of the number among immigrants said they have little or no trust in Congress. Meaning, from a lot of the countries from which we've been taking all of our immigrants since the ridiculous Kennedy bill in 1965, you know, it's not all of them, but but the overwhelming majority, they come from values of these countries that this is what they believe. They believe in cradle-to-grave socialism. And they have a high trust of, of the system, which is a big problem. So Republicans spent all the years doing this, and now, as I noted yesterday, when it's too late, right, when it's already too late, and it's not just now we need a complete cessation and, you know, state deportation of illegals, Republicans are like talking about the wall, you know, which is not even the point. Because the wall doesn't matter if our government actively brings them in, they take them from behind the wall. They're inviting them to come to the ports of entry. And then legal immigration, they're still on. We need more legal immigration, more worker visas, more of this. Are we going to continue down this path? Folks, the only way this is going to stop is by putting up independent candidates in the general election. And if I have another person tell me, but you're going to split the vote, who cares? You have to do that surgery. Had we done this years ago, we would have been over with this. Here's an article from the Idaho Capital Sun. This is freaking Idaho. Trifecta 
four to one majorities ratios in the House and Senate. The Idaho legislature adjourned the 2022 session for the year on Thursday without taking up any new bills or overriding any of Governor Brad Little's vetoes. Okay, they spent the day saying goodbye to people who aren't running for re-election. Common, uneventful. Basically, as you well know, there was Senate Bill 1381, the Coronavirus Pause Act, which would have blocked um, business uh, vaccine mandates. The Senate originally had 24 Republican votes um, for the bill, which would have been enough, but only 21 voted to override the veto, so it wasn't enough. The House didn't even try. Um, and they didn't override other bills, and that's where it is. And now the people are going to have no voice until next year, January or February. So now Governor Brad Little, the rhino, could do what he wants. Again, I don't understand why we don't have a movement to focus on this, but I'm telling you, the Idaho primaries, Idaho is a state that is ripe for a sanctuary. A lot of people from California are moving there because they want to get away from what's going on, but they're discovering they get more California there. There is a slate of Patriot candidates running for every statewide position. Secretary of State, Attorney General, Lieutenant Governor, and of course, Janice McGean is governor. Um, this, is, this is what we need. We need to focus on that. But in most states, we don't even have the primaries. So we need to focus on general election. Decentralize it. Some people might be in primaries. You can win then. Some might be independent. Some might be Constitution Party. Whatever it is, you focus on the right candidates that matter at the right time, tailor-made for the state. We have to stop this old paradigm. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. It's just so stupid. By the way, before we go on and just um, on immigration, Bill Melgan of Fox News reports, he's the border reporter. He's actually a really good guy. I'm uh, you know, I don't like Fox much, but he was Fox's LA affiliate for a while. He had great jailbreak stories in California. So he's a good reporter. Um CBP sources tell us that there have been over 300,000 gotaways for the first 6 months of this fiscal year, including 62,000 in the month of March alone. This is a major concern why just in the last five days, he notes that there was a Paisia gang member convicted of cruelty to a child arrested. Two MS-13 gang members arrested. A Mexican man convicted of attempted murder arrested. A Salvadoran man wanted for homicide. Honduran man convicted of murder. A Mexican man convicted of rape in Indiana. He's coming back in. Mexican man convicted of child rape. This is all just in a five-day stretch in one border sector. It's the RGV, I believe. So you could imagine the cartels have a successful business model. They uh, charge a lot of money to cross over those with a criminal record because they don't want to be caught. Most of them don't get caught. They are all in our communities. And yet we don't have a movement on this. Republicans gave away their leverage. That's another thing, by the way, with this supplemental. With Biden orchestrating an invasion of the country, okay, so they don't want to deal with anti-vax. Okay, so they can't deal with COVID, but at least fight the border stuff. 
hold up any must-pass legislation that, that, that Biden wants until he plays ball with you. But nothing. Truly, truly disgusting. But that's, that's the Republican Party we have today. So anyway, for the second half of today's show, I want to kind of do a lightning round, really go over very quickly, spend a little bit of time on each story, a lot of different things going on that I just want to put on your radar. Epic Times has an analysis out that they conducted based on CDC's own data. The 500 counties where they have high Vaccination rates defined by 62 to 95%, and that's of all the population. That includes babies and young kids. Um, they detected more than 75 cases per, per 100,000 on average the last week. The 500 counties with um, 11 to 40% of the population being vaccinated, so it's much less, significantly lower. It's They're averaging 58 cases per 100,000. Again, this should not be happening. From day one, we have seen a reverse correlation, okay? And, you know, I, I talked about this before. I had a very long piece out yesterday about randomized controlled trials versus other sorts of data like retrospective cohort studies, epidemiological data studies, and, oh, well, RCTs are the best. Well, all the RCTs showed that, you know, the shots were 95% effective. But I kept saying, and <clears throat> I said this from day one, if they're 95% effective – you should be seeing that easily in the data where if you would run correlation based on vax rates and outcomes, you should see that, okay? And in, and from day one, we saw a reverse correlation. So the answer is RCTs are bogus because th there's a place for them in the scientific method if you're honest. But when you get to control the process and manipulate it, then it's worthless because they lie, it's all fake data. They go on to say here in the Epic Times, among counties with populations of a million. So it, they found it across all different population groups. They didn't just say, okay, let's take the highest vaccinated to lowest vaccinated. Because in general, the higher vaccinated ones are the more populous counties because they're more liberal, blue, or whatever. But it cut across all lines. Among counties with populations of a million or more, the 10 most vaccinated had a case rate 27% higher than the 10 least vaccinated. In counties with a population of 500,000 to a million, so kind of mid to large size cities, the 10 most vaccinated had a case rate almost 19% higher than the 10 least vaccinated. And then the counties with 200 to 500,000, you know, mid-sized cities, 10 most had 55% higher rates than the 10 least. And then when you go down even lower to... Um, and this is very telling because there's there's smaller counties. So you know these are small counties, hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. Okay, so they're not like the really rural ones, but you know small. The difference was over two hundred percent. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? I don't know. It it's hard to imagine it's not original antigenic sin, maybe some version of ADE, negative efficacy. But even if you want to get out of that and say, well, no, I, I think that it's the, the redder, more conservative, smaller counties versus the more vaxxed ones. So that gets a little bit tough because we're comparing it even among the smaller ones, which presumably are red too. 
But nonetheless, you would have to say, well, maybe that's because they have natural immunity and they got it already. Okay, they got it earlier. Um, so then that's why they're getting it now. So, A, there's no evidence of that, but B, even if that were true, that would mean, okay, but it's not the vaccine that's doing it. It's natural immunity that's doing it that you don't want to admit to. So, meaning, even if you want to try to get out of negative efficacy and ADE and original antigenic sin, they say, well, it's just a function of that's where there's more of a virgin pool of uninfected, you know, naive people naive uh, bodies to infect, but then that shows that prior infection is the active ingredient, not the vaccine, and Republicans continue to fund and promote this nonsense. And moreover, the problem is that we're not comparing death rates here. We're comparing case rates. So the reality is that with, with the variants around now, you could get it again. The reality is that even if you had it with the Wuhan or Delta, um, the reality is you could get these current strains. Um, the prior infection clearly helps. It's very rare you'll have a serious case of it. Um, but to test positive for it, you definitely can. So um, there's no evidence that that's the thing. It really does reek more of negative efficacy, original antigenic sin. Then we have our ongoing series of what did Pfizer know and when did they know it? A lot of interesting things going on here. Remember we have the famous 39-page document with nine pages of adverse events where Pfizer admits that as of February they saw 1,230-something um, deaths and, and 42,000 injuries and these were just self-reported they you know you read between the lines they make it very clear that this is just a very small selection of it remember there were redacted portions where they said they had to hire additional staff but the numbers were redacted so for some reason the latest document dump it's not redacted and here's what we have due to the large numbers of spontaneous adverse event reportings received for the product the mah this is their oversight, has prioritized the processing of serious cases in order to meet expedited regulatory reporting timelines. So they're saying it's that serious. And um, here are the numbers. Pfizer has also taken multiple actions to keep to help alleviate the large increase, the large increase of adverse event reports. So whenever we say this, we're fact-checked, we're thrown off of social media. This is Pfizer's document as of February. Okay, it was early on. The worst seems to have been like August, September, but this includes significant technology enhancement and process and workflow solutions. To date, Pfizer has onboarded approximately 600 additional full-time employees. More are joining each month with an expected total of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. 1,800 people. That ain't rare. That ain't safe and effective, folks. That's a big, big story. Another thing, and now this is not Pfizer, this is AstraZeneca, but the same thing applies. So again, we're talking about how there are so many fraudulent things. Notice how everything that pharma wants, the clot shots from Desivir, Paxlovid, Monopiravir, 
they're all immaculate and amazing in the RCTs. And anything we want to use that is not expensive and it will wind up being a competitor, hydroxy, ivermectin, anything else, that is all the RCTs are, oh, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Even though the real world evidence shows the shots are negative, effective, and not working. And the real world evidence shows that the other stuff definitely is working to a degree. So why are the RCTs always the opposite? And the answer is because the RCTs are funded by them. The oversight is their allies. The journals that publish them are their allies. So they can get away with anything. So then even the analysis that we pick out and say, well, you know, if you look at the numbers, it kind of tells this story. But even those, that analysis is basing it off of their numbers that you have to trust. So uh, there's this woman that wrote into the New England Journal of Medicine it's a document that's that that's been found through FOIA omission of adverse events in AstraZeneca vaccine report. And this woman Brianne Dressen she wrote in and said, "Wait a minute, you didn't include my adverse event in your trial. You did not include it in your published data." Okay? She was diagnosed with POTS, postural, postural or, or orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Okay, so that's basically like it's one of these blood disorders that when you get up after a sitting position, the way the blood flows makes you feel lightheaded and dizzy. Um, so very much par for the course because we know this thing does cut off blood supply to different parts. And you know, with the cardio issue, there's the neurological issues. So AstraZeneca withdrew her from the trial, but then didn't keep the data in. <laughs> right? So the one thing you want to so so it, it's it's a brain drain. Oh, you have a problem, you're out of the trial. So they only keep in the people that didn't have problems. It's unbelievable. Now it's fine, you want to say you don't want to continue for whatever reason, but then you have to document that there has to be one of the numbers in the adverse events. So she wrote into the New England Journal of Medicine, the authors state that. 180 AstraZeneca recipients withdrew and all serious adverse events will be recorded from the time of informed consent through day 730. This is inaccurate during hospitalization uh, due to my adverse events. The trial investigators unblinded me, saw that I, that I had received the vaccine and recommended that I not receive the second dose, which is fine. But the trial smartphone app was subsequently disabled on my phone. I did not withdraw. I was withdrawn, and AstraZeneca chose to stop collecting my data after 60 days despite the fact that I remain with permanent symptoms one year later. Folks, that is a microcosm of what likely occurred all over the place. Um, that is a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, and that is the Rosetta Stone as to why we see such a dichotomy between the real world reality and the RCTs. And I just want you guys to know RCTs are frauds. Okay? They're not always, they don't have to be, but especially when it's very political and there's a lot of money on the line, you know, this is the thing. Epic Times is an article at FDA recalls Disney branded 
hand sanitizer after carcinogens found. Okay? Um, I guess they want to market it to kids and make, you know, COVID psychosis cool. So there's an article out there. You could check it out. FDA recalls Disney branded hand sanitizers after carcinogens found. It's a, a Jack Phillips of Epic Times. My point is this happens all the time. And, you know, what else isn't safe out there? This is what they do. They say only large, expensive RCTs are evidence. The journals will only publish them, which are their allies. They're the only ones who could afford it. They could manipulate it. And ever so even when the other type of studies, and we already noted from the Cochrane Library, they actually did an analysis of cohort studies, retrospective, prospective, meta-analysis, and they found no better quality in RCTs. That's the truth. And that's how that's how they continue this. Lives are going to be cost based on this. I shudder to think how many other areas of medicine, including cancer, are we lied about? How all we have is chemotherapy, which seems to work on some people initially, but then it comes back more aggressive with so many people. Is there a better way? Is it being stifled? I'd be surprised if it's not. But anyway... This is the point. The trials were rigged. It's obvious. We don't need to study that because we have the real world reality. They say it was 95% effective and it was extremely safe. Now we see it was the most unsafe thing ever given and it's negative effective. So I don't need a study to study what went wrong with their studies. I don't care. We see reality. I'm just kind of giving you some information to open your mind as to how they go and do this. The next time you see a study, oh my gosh, our thing is 110% effective, or ivermectin hydroxy are negative 100% effective. That's the game they play. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Mercola, has an article out on his website, 7 in 10 vaccinated CDC employees got COVID. So recently, what's her name? The clown, um, what's that clown's name? Uh, Walensky, the CDC director, um, she claimed that basically she didn't know until recently that the vaccines didn't work against transmission. Okay? She didn't know until recently. Even though it was all in their documents of Pfizer, she knew, obviously. But now we have the proof. Um, Basically, where is this? Darn. Okay. I had it on my other computer here, and now they make you register, which is annoying, so I can't pull it up. Um, But 7 in 10, they have an analysis that as of August, that was pretty early on. Okay, and that's not Omicron. That was Delta. That was before Omicron. 70% of the known cases among CDC employees were vaccinated. Okay? Now, we don't have... um, an exact number of the denominator of how many CDC employers were vaxxed and unvaxxed. But remember, that was August. So it wasn't like December. And we have found there were some that did not take them, even the own HHS agencies. So I don't know what it was, 
But even if it was a little bit more, that's a heck of a number. If you remember, you go back to August, and that was before they even had the talking point of, well, it works for critical illness, which it doesn't, um, and certainly not the new variants. But they they were telling you 97% of the cases. Right? Remember that talking point? July, August, they were using it. My own governor used it here in Maryland. 97% of the cases are from unvaccinated. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They were sitting on info. It's from a FOIA email. Um, Dr. Mercola has it. They were sitting on a FOIA email that basically 70% of their own freaking staff that got it were vaccinated. So again, what did they know, and when did they know it? Now, speaking of what did they know and when did they know it, there's a fascinating article. There's a website, usrtk.org. It's U.S. Right to Know. Um, Emily Kopp, terrific reporter. U.S. virologists let one scientist revise his congressional briefing. Okay, an American virologist asked one Institute of Virology scientist to edit a briefing he prepared for congressional staff. According to a document obtained by U.S. Right to Know, I certainly do not want to compromise you or your research activity, wrote leading biosafety expert and virologist James LeDuc, DUC, to Ji Zengli. She's the bat lady, the top virologist at the one Institute of Virology. This was an email in April 2020. Okay? I don't want to compromise your research. Make any changes that you would like, he wrote to her. Okay, this is uh, Ladakh shared his informal testimony with Jan Zimling, who's the director of um, the One National Biosafety Laboratory. Leduc was a longtime director of the Galveston National Laboratory, another high security or BSL-4 lab studying coronaviruses. So, you know, this was the House Foreign Affairs Committee had asked Leduc for his input on the pandemic early on. And he prepared a briefing, but we now know that he ran it by her and we have a copy of the email. So, folks, the very people that criminalized our breathing, our bodies, are destroying our military, they are the criminals from day one. They knew where this came from, and to this day, they are working with Wuhan. I'm sorry, I can't get excited about Ukraine. I can't even get excited about China when our own government is the problem. By the way, speaking of the military, it's a horrible story that everyone's sending out to me from Fort Benning. I'm getting all these texts from people in the military. And now we have um, Gateway Pundit has an article on this. Army captain placed in mental hospital for accusing commanding General Patrick Donahue of pushing a legal vaccine. Captain who filed criminal charges against commanding General Patrick Donahue of Fort Benning has been admitted to Fort Benning's hospital for what they deemed is a health crisis. Um, this is absolutely insane. And they have all the documentation there. One source said that this captain filed criminal charges 
against him for pushing non-licensed vaccines, which is a criminal charge. Instead of investigating, the officials reported the captain to the same people the captain was filing charges against, and they retaliated against him by ordering a mental evaluation where they asked him about January 6th and his thoughts on the election. This is the United States military. Um, according to one source, the captain is of sound mind, and he has complied and has not been violent in any way. The chain of command, all the way from the commanding general on down, has weaponized the health, mental health system on Fort Benning to remove this captain from his family and silence him in his pursuit of accountability. I mean, this is crazy. And yet, Republicans are passing more coronavirus bills without dealing with the terrible, terrible criminality that is taking place in the military. This is truly, truly disgusting. And at the same time, we have a true mental health crisis. CDC is warning of an accelerated mental health crisis among adolescents with more than 4 in 10 teens reporting they feel persistently sad or hopeless. One in five saying they had contemplated suicide. Do you understand that? One in five teens saying they've they've done that? This is what they've done to us. You cannot quantify that in any data. You cannot quantify the qualitative destruction that has been wrought upon our kids from what they've done, all for a virus that they created that never harmed kids and that the stuff they did only created terrible, terrible collateral damage. And rather than investigating and having a commission and holding this accountable, Republicans are like, hey, here's some more funding. More is better. Here you go. And by the way, now that we're on fraudulent data, um, so uh, what is this? Matthew Crawford, Dr. Crawford has... Uh, Substack Rounding the Earth. He has a piece out today titled Proof of Statistical Sieves in Vaccine Efficacy Data. So again, we're just talking about it, like you know, how they 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 fudge it. He he starts out asking, do COVID-19 vaccines prevent car accidents, murder, or suicide? Is that a weird question? Well, the reason that I ask is that I happen upon this report at CDC stating that those who received COVID-19 were dying less often outside of COVID-related illness. How wonderful that genetic material designed to elicit an antibody response targeting SARS-CoV-2 maybe prevents heart disease or Alzheimer's or cancer. Looks like part of the spike protein may suppress the P53 protein, which is the keystone of the P53 pathway feedback loop of cancer suppression. Using that same spike protein to prevent cancer seems about as likely as experimental injectable products preventing, um, uh, what is this? Iatrogenic disease. But let's dig deeper. The CDC reporter in question compiles data from the Vaccine Safety Data Link, which is a consortium of health providers in several states, almost half of which are Kaiser Permanente. And he has a table from the October report where they basically show they compare unvaccinated to vaccine groups deaths per hundred in human years. Okay, deaths per hundred. And you'll notice, just reading down here, much lower rates 
of, of, of non-COVID mortality. They, they spell it out there. In so, some cohorts, it's 60 to 70% effective in preventing non-COVID-related mortality. How about that, if you would trust their data? So, you know, this is the type of thing. They literally make it up. You don't have to sit and, like, stroke your beard. and Oh, okay, what are they doing? What does this mean? They make it up. So even a lot of what we produce is built off of assuming that their data, what you have on our world in data, world of meters, WHO, whatever, all these you know, aggregating websites, that that's even correct, which likely it's not. So folks, this is where we stand now with the fraud perpetrated on America. The consequences of the fraud on COVID, the consequences of what they're doing at the border, are beyond a science fiction book. And yet it's not at the tip of the tongue of almost any Republican politician. They just don't care. And they never will. And they won't care about the next thing. Just like they had this drive-by Ukraine business, you don't hear about it much now from Republicans, other than sending them more money. Oh, so you helped Biden and actually pressured him to arson our supply chain and create more pain for nothing. By the way, it reminds me, DOT announced they're requiring new vehicle fleets to average 49 miles per gallon by 2026. You know what that means. Essentially making electric cars. Because we're all like the rich elitists that could afford $60,000 cars. Think about what they've done to create inflation with energy and stifle our oil, gas, coal, and nuclear. Think about what they've done with ethanol and all their regulations and market distortions and monopolies they created with the farm cartel to create food price inflation. What's the other important thing? Cars. They're not stupid. They know cars are the symbol of American freedom. America is unique in the world. Most families have two cars, not just one. Traveling the wide expanse of America in your own car with your own family. That's American freedom, and they know it. And that's why they want to make cars unaffordable. It's all arson. They arson our economy, our civilization, our bodies, our physical health, our mental health, our border, our language, our culture, our crime, our, our, our public safety, I mean. Everything they can destroy, our military. Name me how many Republicans are speaking to this. Imagine if we had a party, a movement that actually spoke to these issues. And again, I want, I'm going to have shows with, with guests that were traditionally more of the left, but have now come around. I'm going to try to get some of those guests on because this is a new movement. It really is. Let's get off that old stupid paradigm, the same old political log jams. It doesn't speak to the issues. And it allows the same psychopathic Republicans to continue to pull the wool over our eyes. So folks, that's about it for today. Hope you learned a lot as always. Let me know your ideas you want to share, comments, questions, concerns. You can email me, danielhurwitz at startmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at RM Conservative. 
Um, sorry, I'm not on Truth Social, Trump's website. I can't even get on it. I don't know what's the story with that, but it is what it is. Um, you could always get the podcast at The Blaze, by the way, when they start censoring us, which they will. But as long as I'm still at iTunes, please give us a five-star rating with a comment there. Send this show to 50 of your friends, relatives, everyone you know. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. <laughs>